Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsm radio.org now here's our show today the religious world always seeks to do a big outward work but God wants to do an inward work to come into man to be his life and everything and he does this through the bountiful supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ that's embodied in the word Stay tuned for another life study of the Bible from the book of Philippians, today pointing us once again to the indwelling Christ and how we can practically live by him and overcome so many things in our life. Joining us for this very, very marvelous fellowship today is Bob Danker. Bob, welcome back to the program. Uh, yes, Chris, it's very good to be back and to get into these wonderful things of the inward working of the triune God. Truly, God wants to enter into us and he wants to live in us and he wants to be expressed through us. And we're going to see this in this program today. Bob, this is a hallmark of uh, this ministry, that the wonderful person of Christ wants to indwell us and work within us to accomplish his purpose. Uh, we're going to hear Witness Lee begin this first portion today. I made a note of this uh, very striking word. He starts out this way, Bob. The basic thought of the whole Bible is that God, as the triune God, wants to work himself into man. And I was just thinking, if we were to ask a thousand people on the street, what's the basic thought of the whole Bible? How many would have any answer at all? Probably not very many, and most who have an answer would certainly miss the mark. This is a profound statement, Chris. It really is. Let's go to Witness Lee. We're going to start out with a big picture of God's eternal purpose. But eventually, we'll work our way into some very practical fellowship on the indwelling Christ and the function of the Word. Let's join him, then you and I will return to have fellowship. The basic thought of the whole Bible is that God, as a triune God, wants to work himself into a man, that man may take him as life, that man live him. Man has to live God. For God to accomplish this one thing, he needs to be the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. This triune God has gone through such wonderful process. We all know incarnation was a wonderful process. Crucifixion to die 
on the cross, that was an extraordinary death. It was so wonderful. Through that death, he has accomplished too many great things. He took away the sin and sins of man. He destroyed Satan. And through that death, even he released the divine life. Then resurrection followed. You have to remember these three things. Incarnation, crucifixion, and uh, resurrection. Through incarnation, he entered into man. And through crucifixion, he solved all the problems. Sin, sins, the word, flesh, Satan. Then, in resurrection, he imparted himself to all his believers. Then all his believers become one with him. One with him in life and in nature. Isn't this wonderful? We were created by him as his creatures. We didn't have his divine life, neither his divine nature. We were simply his creatures. Yet, he created in a way that was in his image and after his likeness. We didn't have his life, but we did have his image and we didn't have his likeness. Why he created us in this way? Why? Because his intention that one day he will come into man. Many, many times in my ministry, I used this parable of the glove. A glove is made in the image of the hand. What is the intention? It is clear. The intention is that one day, the hand will get into the glove. And the hand of the glove would be one. Hallelujah. Well, Bob, often we find in these messages, there's a lot here uh, in these short sections to try to cover. But I really like this illustration, that man is created as a vessel to contain God. On God's side, there was a process that was necessary to accomplish this. And after passing through this process of incarnation and crucifixion and resurrection, the triune God was ready to come into man. Let's talk about this uh, example. We've used it before, but let's develop it again, this matter of the glove being in the image of a hand with a specific purpose. Yes, Chris, this is a very simple illustration, but extremely profound. The glove, of course, is made in the image of a hand, and it has only one function, that is, to contain a hand and to express a hand. Right. So this glove has five fingers because a hand has five fingers. This is an illustration of the way in which God created man. God did not create man as an instrument like a hammer to do a particular work, kind of accomplish a particular task. God created man as a vessel to be a container for God himself. So in order that God could be the content of man, God had to create man in his own image. Right. That means there's something about our inward being as human beings that is like God. 
So God created man in his own image because God's intention was that God himself would enter into man and fill our inward parts, our inward being, with God himself, just as a hand fills a glove. Mm -hmm. Then when the hand fills the glove, the hand becomes the content of the glove and the reality of the glove, and the glove becomes the outward manifestation or expression of the hand. And this is a marvelous illustration of the reason and the purpose for which God created man in his image so that God could enter into us, fill all our inward parts, our mind, emotion, will, all our inner being with himself as the divine hand so that we would become his living expression. Of course, this is on our side. God created us in his image. But before God could enter into us, as Witness Lee pointed out, God himself had to pass through a process. As you mentioned, this process was incarnation, crucifixion, and resurrection. So after God created man in his image, and after God passed through a process to become the spirit of Jesus Christ, the life-giving spirit, then both God and man were fully prepared to be united and to become one. It's a marvelous picture, Bob. As you said, it's simple, but it conveys this thought with such a visible image almost that it, uh, I think it is incredibly useful to uh, convey what we call God's economy. Yes, this is a wonderful way to convey God's economy. Let's go on, Bob, and see how the Lord practically carries out his living in us, and it's through his word. We'll join Witness Lee once again with a focus on the basic thought of the Bible, and that is to nourish us. Christians are preoccupied with ethical thought, with cultural thought, with religious thought, with philosophical thought, with so many thoughts. When they come to the Bible, they see what is ethical. Children and their parents. Every husband, when they read Ephesians 5, always that verse becomes so great. Wives, submit yourself to your own husband. Every husband likes this verse. And every wife likes <laughs> the previous verse. Every wife will see the Bible is wonderful. Because the Bible teaches the husband to love the wife. What can person you are, what can Bible it becomes? The ethical persons, when they come to the Bible, they say, Maya, the Bible is a top book on ethics. The religious people, when they come to the Bible, the Bible has nothing but religion. This basic thought in the Bible is missing. What shall we do then? We come to the Bible. Wait and unveil the faith. An unpreoccupied being. By doing this, not only the revelation will come to you, but the nourishment. In First Timothy 4, Paul says, Timothy, you have been nourished with the word of the faith and of the healthy teachings. The word nourish and the word healthy both denote what? Denote something concerning life. All the words in the Bible are words of life. It is nourishing and it is healthy. Not only it is teaching, but it is healthy. It is nourishing. We all have to get the nourishment 
sang the Bible. But to get this nourishment, you have to take out your preoccupying concept. You have to take out your veils. Read the Bible without preoccupying concept. You will get the nourishment, you will get the revelation. Bob, if we can come to the Bible without our preconceived concepts, then we can get the nourishment and the revelation. What does Witness Lee mean here by putting aside our concepts? Well, Chris, our concepts greatly hinder us whenever we read the Bible. Witness Lee mentioned here a certain kind of concept that thinks, well, God gave us the Bible to teach us moral and ethical principles so that we could live a proper life as human beings on this earth. So whenever a person with this concept comes to the Bible, what does he see in the Bible? Mm -hmm. He sees moral and ethical principles, you see? So whatever kind of person you are or whatever kind of concept you have in your mind, that is what you will get out of the Bible. And the Bible will become that kind of book to you. Therefore, in order to... Uh, receive what God wants us to receive from the Bible. We need to put aside our concepts, our natural human concepts, and pick up the divine concept. And what is the divine concept? The divine concept is that the main function of the Bible is not to teach us with ethical and moral principles. The divine concept is that the main function of the Bible is to nourish us, to feed us. And many places in the Bible, it says that the Bible is food. The Word of God is food. It is milk to the new believers. It is bread, and it is the solid meat for the mature ones, right? The Bible is nourishing. It is healthy. The words of the Bible are healthy, and they are meant or intended to convey to us spiritual nourishment. And this spiritual nourishment is just God himself. God himself embodied in Christ and realized by us as the all-inclusive life-giving spirit. So when we come to the Bible, our concept should be that we are coming to the word of God to receive God himself as a nourishing element to nourish our inner man. Now, if our concept could be revolutionized in this kind of way, just imagine how this would revolutionize our reading of the Bible. The Bible would become a brand new book to us. That doesn't mean, Bob, that we negate the literal meaning of the Bible, but if our primary intention is such that it causes us to miss this nourishing aspect, our Christian life will suffer dramatically, won't it? Yes, Chris. Going back to the first section of our program, we saw that man was created as a vessel, a container to contain God. Well, how does God dispense himself into man? He does it in and through his word. So if we see ourselves as a kind of a human being who, who needs to behave in a certain way, right? then that will affect the way we read the Bible. But if I realize I'm a container, I'm a vessel for God, then when I come to the Bible, my goal will be to receive God, to be filled with God. You see, so even when we read the moral and ethical principles that are in the Bible, we should not take them in the way of teaching us how to behave, as if we have to do something on our own to behave in a certain way. We should receive every word of God 
as a nourishing element, a healthy word that feeds our inner man and causes us to grow in the divine life so that we can spontaneously live God, live Christ, express God in our daily life. Hmm. You mentioned that there were several portions in the Bible that either alluded to or very directly presented the Bible in this context of being nourishment or food to man. In the final section today, we're going to see such a section. Let me read this portion. Witness Lee will cover it in uh, this final portion of his fellowship. This is Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word became to me the gladness and joy of my heart. Here's Witness Lee. Jeremiah said... Lord, when I got your word, I ate. The Lord Jesus said, man lives not only by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The Bible is for ye. The Bible is not only good for reading and studying. But even more for eating, if you are going to enjoy the bountiful supply of the Spirit, you can never touch it unless you eat the Word of God. The bountiful supply of the Spirit is really the riches of Christ. And all the riches of Christ are embodied in the Word. You see, every avenue in the Bible, there is a bountiful supply of uh, the Spirit. Don't divorce the Word from the Spirit. So, whenever we read the Word, we have to pray. Because reading is to exercise our eyes and mind. Then praying is to exercise our spirit. So we have to take the word at the meantime. We also have to touch the spirit. Then whatever is in the word becomes the bountiful supply of the spirit. Day after day, day after day, you receive this kind of nourishment. Then by this nourishment, you grow nourished with the word of faith and the word of the healthy teaching. This is the right way. You believe me, today the dietitians have found that in all the foods there are elements. Some elements nourishing. Some elements killing. Antibiotic. You don't need to kill your germs by yourself. You just take the good food and go to work and go sleep. And that element in your food would do a good killing work. Right? It kills all the germs, all the evil tendencies, and all the evil intents within you. You don't need to deal with it. The riches of Christ, the bountiful supply of the Spirit embodied in the Word which you have taken into you will do the work 
to kill the self, to kill the flesh, to kill the world intention or tendency, and so forth. And the resurrection will release all the divine riches into your being, strengthening your spirit and edifying your whole being. Spontaneously, you will have a kind of living, a kind of a spontaneous living, automatic living, unconsciously. Subconsciously, you should live this way. And whatever you live out, that is Christ. Whatever you live out, that is the word of life. Hallelujah. This is the way to live Christ. By the riches of the bountiful supply of the Spirit, where? Embodied in the word. Bob, this is tremendous. This inward nourishing from the Word of God builds us up on the positive side and kills the germs within us on the negative. If we really saw the Word of God as food that does this complete work within us, it would revolutionize our Christian life, wouldn't it? Absolutely, Chris. If we see the function of God's Word is to nourish us with the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, and that this bountiful supply contains all the elements that we need to build up our inner man in all the divine riches of what God is, and then to put to death in us all the negative things such as the flesh, the self, the old man, all our worldly tendencies and desires, and all these things which we could never deal with in ourselves. No way! that we could eliminate these negative things within us. But if we are nourished with God's Word, this element that we receive, which is just the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this element has in it everything we need. On the positive side, to cause us to grow in Christ, to grow in God's life, so that spontaneously we live a life that just expresses this wonderful person who's filling us. On the negative side, killing every negative thing within us that entered into us through the fall of man, through Satan's subtle devices. Isn't this a marvelous gospel? Isn't this a wonderful salvation? And it's all in the Word. It's in the bountiful supply of the Spirit that is in the Word. If we would just come to the Word and receive this supply, our whole life will be transformed, not overnight, but gradually, day by day. Bob, this is tremendous. It really continues what we got into yesterday. We had marvelous fellowship. Dan Toll was here, and uh, we touched this matter of uh, this practical salvation being related to holding forth the word of life. Uh, it's presented in chapter 1 as the bountiful supply, but in chapter 2 it's the word of life, and it's our salvation moment by moment. Amen, Chris. I've really enjoyed these past few days' programs. I uh, I hope all of our listeners are getting as much out of this as we are. Thank you for your help today, Bob. Oh, it's a pleasure. And we'll look forward to uh, your visit again very soon. Oh, I look forward to it also. Well, we have resources too numerous to uh, get into here in the few seconds that we have left. All we can do really is invite you to contact us. So contact us for that. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California 92814. 
or send email to radio at lsm.org. And please join us again tomorrow. I don't think you want to miss uh, any of these programs as he is in this book of experience and opening it up in such a marvelous way to us. For Bob Danker today, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. We have these recorded studies on every book of the Bible, available to you online, free of charge. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. You can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or add them to your podcast subscriptions, all at no charge. Once more, the website, lsmradio.com. To contact us, send email to radio at lsm.org or call us at one triple eight life study that's 888-543-3788 thanks for listening today